Good afternoon, everybody. It feels like morning for me. I'm exhausted. Uh, so, Alex Beachy, I'm the one of the Navy account executives for ServiceNow, and uh, came out of came into ServiceNow out of the Marine Corps, uh, where I spent quite a few years uh, operating in different domains. And uh, so today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about operating in disconnected environments. And so quick show of hands, who flew in from uh, CONUS to be here today? All right, out of that, who lost internet while they were flying on a tin can through the sky? Actually quite a few, I did too. And so congratulations, you officially operated in a disconnected environment. Um, what is the one thing you didn't lose when internet connectivity went down though? Yeah, your media, right? So a lot of, you know, the way that we need to kind of reframe our thought process around disconnected operations is by really focusing one on what are the things that we need to do in those disconnected operations, right? American Airlines doesn't really care if I have email, right? They don't care if I have chat. That's not what we're in the business of. That's not what they're in the business of. They need to keep me entertained. They also need to throw Marriott advertisements at me every time I start a new movie. So they need to make sure that they're making money along the way. So what they do is they establish the necessary services on their aircraft so that they can provide those back to the back to their customer base. Right. Operating in a disconnected environment and the military is no different. It's focusing first and foremost on what is the what is the domain in which we're operating. So we often hear the term tactical edge, and that's what we often think about when we're talking disconnected operations. We're thinking of like the tactical edge. But what is the tactical edge, right? To I was an aviator, the tactical edge to me was my aircraft. But the Marines in the back, the tactical edge was them out in the, out in the fight, you know, beyond enemy lines. That wasn't, you know, they didn't really care. And if we look to, to surface fleet, the tactical edge is the fleet because that's our fighting domain, right? Um, submarines, same thing. You know, they're the tactical edge, but in their domain. So in first and foremost, we have to look and peel back sort of what is the operational domain that we're considering when we're dealing with disconnected operations. And so from there, we can start to then layer down into what are the operators in those operational environments? So I talked about the Marine Corps, the Marines. They're the tactical edge, right? So um, we have to look at that. And so, so American Airlines, we're the operators, right? We're their tactical edge. We just need to be fed lots and lots of content so we remain happy. I didn't get fed any booze, which seemed really disappointing, though. Um, but somehow Delta Airlines seemed to do that. So I don't know what's going on. I think I need to hop over to another airline. But I'm too, I'm too, I, it's sunk cost at this point. It's like the V-22. I'm just in it to win it now. Um, I'm a C-1, I'm a CH-53 guy. So I like to give the V-22 guys a hard time all the time. So once we can establish you know, the operating environment and define who the operator is, is then when we can start to really pinpoint what are the things, the services, the capabilities, the digital capabilities that we need to provide at that layer. And so if you look at, at a Marine, you know, when I was at MPS, my research was devoted to establishing self-healing mobile ad hoc networks. And what I did was I built a, a 
a mesh network using cell phones, you know, because the idea at the time was give every Marine a tactical handheld, right? Well, there's three different radios typically on a handheld device. You've got your Bluetooth, you've got your Wi-Fi, and you've got your cellular. So um, the idea being that let's start with Bluetooth, right? The lowest common denominator and sync those all together so that we can start to share data and communicate. And we lar largely tested it using chat just because that was a simple capability to push across. And the, the uh, mobile network could, you could establish who the, who the platoon was and that was our focus area. So we had our operators, we had the operational domain, and then we allowed them, let them move around the battlefield and the networks would tear apart. They would still chat with each other if they had connectivity and when they all come back together in close hold, the data would synchronize across it. But there was a lot of concern about the security of things. Hey, what kind of information are we really pushing to the edge? And again, much like American Airlines, do we really need to be pushing email to that tactical edge? On a ship, yeah, right? When I was, at, uh, when I was on one of my deployments on the USS uh, Bonham Richard, um, we spent 128 days at Sea Strait, and we spent about 60 of those in River City. And so disconnected operations to the extreme, right? That was one of the longest times that uh, one of the Muse had spent in River City. And we still needed to get email done. We still needed to do some of the GCSS work. And so we were sending Marines to shore, calling them up, telling them to do the transactions on GCSS so that we could still do all the supply chain stuff that we needed to. Um, so. Again, defining that tactical domain and the operators on it and the things that they need to do, but the security aspects of it on the tactical edge of a Marine was assumed to be low risk because the kinds of data that we're pushing to them, we can use some basic encryption and ultimately the, the, the uh, stability of that data, 72, you know, 96 hours after it's been transmitted, is probably irrelevant. The Marines have moved on from that location. They've stopped sharing that kind of uh, kind of data. So do we really need to put encryption on it that's going to ultimately you know, be uncrackable for 10,000 years? No, we just need to make it where it's, it's irrelevant a week after they're gone, and we can't crack it up to that point. So again, we have to think about things in context, right? So we can't apply the same rules at all operating levels in all domains. Um, and so then that gets down to the actual uh, the data supporting it, right? So we have the applications. We have to think through what they want and then the data security and the data types that they that they do. So getting to how does this all roll into service now, right? We have to stop thinking beyond the programs of records themselves. Sometimes those things are very important, but do we need to put an enterprise business system onto every ship? Do we need to put it onto the submarines onto an aircraft. No, you probably need to have some sort of capability that's tied together with the operations that are taking place on a ship, right? We need to know how maintenance applies to cost scheduled performance for acquisitions back in, uh, you know, back at NAVC. But it doesn't mean we actually have to place it there. And sometimes that's where we constrain ourselves by our own ideas. We think that's what we built. We built this thing. Now let's try and figure out how to slam it into a ship. You know, workflow, the things that happen at a ship are meant for the operators on that ship. They need to just get their jobs done. 
So if we start thinking through some of the integrations, putting a, a platform like ServiceNow on the ship, and lo and behold, you know, sometimes uh, it's better to be lucky than good. Um, that's usually how I operate. And we had that arise last year when we were working with the Chaplain's Corps. A very atypical IT domain, and they had a need. They wanted to modernize some of their workflow, some of their processes. And it was largely around trying to understand, do they have the right chaplain and right RPs in the right locations, providing the right services? So we worked with them on this, uh, on this application. And what they identified is like, hey, we need to be able to do this on ship. So we tested it out. They were on uh, the Arlie Burke, and they went out and they did reachback capability. And we got terrible reviews from the chaplains that were on the ship. They're like, it's taking me forever to just enter a few pieces of data. And it's like, well, of course, you're flying out across the satellites, bouncing down, going through the network, coming back over. And so every time you do a click, it's going to take a while to get back to you. And so then they were like, all right, we can't, we can't keep doing it this way, right? Because that's how the Navy's already doing it. Back to the GCSS use case, right? That's how they were having to do it. Every click took the leap back and forth. So we had to put Marines on shore where we could just process things faster. And so we said, well, we're just a platform. Even though we're cloud-based, doesn't mean we have to be, right? Let's go on-prem. There's lots of communities that use us on-prem. And this isn't a unique use case. And I'm like, we, we need to be talking to, you know, Disney Cruise Lines about this too. And so we tested it out. We put it on a Kane's operate, you know, a Kane's test network. So we didn't use a real ship. I, I would love to entertain that moment but uh so we did it out of san diego and we tested putting it on ship and then synchronizing it with the shore and so we simulated all that we got down to we did no connectivity right and really at that point you're just operating with a service now instance on the ship you're, you're milliseconds or fractions of a millisecond away from the servers that are providing you those digital services doing all the work that they need to do and when the pipe is up and operational we synchronized the data back across. And then we dropped out and then we went full open, we did full close, and then we started to scale and mess around with the, uh, the bandwidth a little bit. We got down to about 650 milliseconds of delay uh, or latency, uh, 56 kilobit per second pipe, and 25% packet loss. And we tested it out again, had, them, had the sailors, the chaplain core go through it, do the work that they would normally do, and they don't notice a difference. Why? Because they're not working in the cloud. They're working on the ship. The work they're doing isn't leaving the skin of the ship. Random side story, my shoes left the skin of the ship one day when we were doing Operation Tomodachi, and I had to do a, we had to do a, a supply run for uh, some, some Japanese, local Japanese, and deliver some supplies. And I walked around, and I greeted everybody, and they're super enthusiastic. I came back, they scanned me, and what's the one thing that is uh, radiated? My boots. And they took my favorite pair of boots. So they left the skin of the ship, but the chaplain score, they didn't have to leave the skin of the ship with their data. And so, um, and then it took longer, right, for the data synchronization to take place. And they had to, uh, but they don't notice the difference, but everything's synchronized. Took minutes longer than the normal, you know, the normal transmission would have taken. But now that you have that on the ship, Right, they're going through the process of trying to put it on ship. Actually, actually accomplish that. What does that open up for the rest of the Navy, rest of the Marine Corps? Right, think of those enterprise business systems. 
you know, think of GCSS Marine Corps. Think of the things that, hey, my Navy HR, do we really need all of that capability on the ship? Or are there specific use cases, specific things that they need to do day in and day out in a disconnected environment that we can workflow and that we can integrate with those business systems and synchronize, compress the data down that's going back, all with out-of-the-box capabilities? I mean, this isn't redesigning something that already exists. This is using something that already exists. We're now to the point where, you know, the, the DOD is always going to win at building, you know, ships and planes and doing unique things. I give, I give a hard time to the V-22, but nobody else was going to build that outside the, DV, uh, outside of the DOD, not initially, right? Nobody was going to invest in it that way. But IT doesn't work that way anymore. Commercial is moving faster than DOD can, can even adopt it. So what we need to do is we don't necessarily have to change those programs of record, right? What we need to think about is how can we use modern technologies in the locations where we need it the most to do disconnected operations? I just like to always think that, you know, I was uh, back when I was in the Marine Corps, we were trying to start uh, my my organization, my last organization provided services back to Marine Corps Systems Command. And so we were always trying to gain more programs of record to consume our services. We were providing service to the fleet to make sure that the Marines actually knew how to use the gear that they were that they were issued, understand what problems were taking place. And so one of the one of the programs of record I was trying to get under my belt was uh, the NOTAM Network on the Move program. And I'm out in San Diego, I'm doing work on my phone, I fly over to Quantico, I meet with the program office, and they're like, you know, NOTAM's really hard, Marines are having a really hard time with it, this is a complex operation. I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, I was on my cell phone doing work in the entire Uber ride down that I used my cell phone to book. I get in the airplane and I continue at 550 nautical miles an hour, and I'm still doing work and I land and I'm doing work on my way here. I'm like. What's difficult about that? We're talking about moving at 30, you know, 30 miles an hour in a Humvee using the same technologies, nothing unique, right? The DOD has some hard problems, but not uncommon solutions, right? There's modern technologies that we can use out there. ServiceNow just happens to be the first to the door in sort of this domain, right? Not a lot of cloud technologies are talking about how do you do it on ship. Doesn't mean that we're not the only ones that can't, right? You just have the opportunity to show the DOD there's new ways to do this, right? There's new thought processes we can apply without disrupting the big acquisition life cycles that take place. And so that's what I want to leave you with today. I'm going to leave you with the idea that there are hard problems out there, but there are not hard solutions. We just need to reframe our perspective on how we can adopt technologies to serve largely the fleet, right? The operating forces that don't have the time to wait for big acquisition life cycle to give them, give them the capabilities that they need. And that's all I've got. Any questions? How'd I do on time? Pretty close. Yes, sir. Selling the right places. You know, getting getting into broader infrastructures that, that go to see the the canes and the network builds. 
getting into broader infrastructure via you know, the shore side where we have fleet network operation centers and security operation centers. Um, you know, the, 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 the point of sale is the integrator, right? It's the industry and industry partnership, right? Because unlike maybe the old days um, where EOs and PMWs would buy point solutions to figure out how to integrate themselves, we, we really try hard not to do that anymore. Yeah, so so how, how, from a strategy perspective, how do you guys kind of pack on that so you'll have a real fighting chance of getting under the hood as an agile, agile data management infrastructure, with replication and, you know, edge distribution and so forth. you got to get into the ecosystem. Yep. You can't sell this directly to government PMW, right? Right. Um, I, I, I really love the opportunity that we're doing with the Chaplain Corps because it's outside of the realm of what anybody would normally think of, right? And I'm not going to say this is going to work every time. You know, sort of look into the crystal ball. We're trying to see how how do you how do you insert this without disrupting the ecosystem at large. And to me, it's really a partnership. But we have to be willing to, uh, and we being the DoD, a a technology vendor, the system integrators, and the PMWs all working together. You know, we've been like I said lucky than good right better to be lucky than good so we've got the chaplain scores who's non-it they happen to get awareness from admiral small and navor so all of a sudden he sees what they're doing he's like i want that literally on a linkedin post made from uh, somebody at peo digital he's like i want this and that those three words disrupted everything but we also had to come to the table with you know we as as service now we go who are the best of breed who are the people we need to be tied to on this as a partnership to get things going. So we we grabbed two different partners of ours, system integrated partners, one who's really good at, at on-prem installs and kind of understanding that technology, how things work in a disconnected operation, and Adam worked with them on that. And then we also brought in CDWG, who is really good at the canes, understanding canes, because that's a world we didn't really know. And so we, and we did, it wasn't like they were the first ones we went to. We actually went to a different SI and they said sort of, hey, we we can't or are unwilling to kind of play in this space and go, okay, that's fine. I appreciate it, early, early discussion on it. But then outside of that, we had, you know, so we had the vendors involved in the SIs. We had the mission owner, but then we also got OpNav was the one who brought the Chaplain Corps to the table. So the DTO was there. Um, the PEO, both PEOs, I've I worked with PEO Digital and MLB. They're both now involved. But it's, non, it's none of the normal PMWs were operating outside their space. And while we're running this test scenario, uh, one of the OpNav DTO folks happens to go down to Navor to, to do a random event with NavalX. And he, sit, he happens to be sitting next to uh, Captain Bane from PMW160. And she's like, oh, what are you doing here? They introduce each other. They didn't know each other. And he's like, oh, we're running a Kane's test event using ServiceNow and disconnected operations. And she's like, oh, I'm very curious. Well, I want to learn more about that. So in some ways, I don't have the perfect answer for that. But I think it's it's what I've seen and what I, I think really helps with that is it's been a constant collaboration. Nobody's holding back. Tech, uh, you know, this the SIs that we have in the partner with are putting skin in the game before it's even a before it's even a contract and to me that's really important because a lot of guys will wait till it's a contract and then they're having these discussions and fleshing it out and understanding things it's like 
we need to come with a bake solution, right? We need, to, we need to solve this before they say, solve this, here's your hug requirements. Does that kind of answer the question a little bit? Yes. Later on, I think today we'll talk about opportunities with you know five G R E T and the Intel for same thing. You know, he's got twelve or fourteen or fifteen primes on five G experimental networks. How many of those baselines are you guys going to be in right at the outset? Yeah. Data management, replication, and uh, you know sort of uh, use case integration capability. Right? Leading question. Right? Yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. There's um, I mean 5G living labs at Myanmar, you know, where they came out of from the Marine Corps, and uh, that we're not in that space. We talk with them, but again, it's we have to sell to the SIs to sell to the uh, to the DoD, which is you know I tried to when I was at McTissa, I tried to separate technology and services, and so I think that's where you know, and it, it may not work for every PMW. But um, I like the concept of I own the technology. I get to make the decisions about what direction we want to go and make those changes. And I have the SIs, and I find the right SI to do that job and service provider to, to use the, you know, because I had contractors who weren't SIs. They were just helping me provide a service to the fleet, but they had to use the technologies that I gave them. Um, and what it allows is the flexibility to divest yourself of one or the other or both. If you wanna go a different direction technologically, cool, I get to make that call. If I wanna get rid of the SI because they're not doing what I'm asking them to, cool, I get to make that call. So that's another thing too. Any other questions? Great questions, thank you. <laughs>